Six and a half minutes past 12 right here on SFM 104-107. Indeed, uh, our top story, former President Nelson Mandela's grandson, Mandela Mandela, says that he has uh, the right to determine where his father is buried. He's been addressing the media at Mveso in the Eastern Cape. This after a court order granted uh, to 16 Mandela family members against the icon's grandson and chief at Mveso. The order provides uh, for the remains to be returned to Kunu from where uh, Mandela Mandela removed removed them in uh, 2011 uh, they were exhumed from Vezo yesterday evening you saw the, the visuals coming through uh, on television of that uh, and the gates being broken down there uh, very sad uh, visuals indeed coming through but also today Mandla holding a press conference uh, virtually really airing a whole lot of uh, family secrets stuff that uh, we didn't know about maybe stuff that uh, we should not have known about uh, and uh, I ask you this hour what do you make of all this 347 one. It's out in the public And uh, I solicit your views on this particular one And earlier Mandla launched a scathing attack On family members questioning their legitimacy He argued Makaziwe, Mandela's eldest child Has no authority over Mandela family matters As she is, married. She is a married woman Neither do his siblings Ndaba and Buso have any authority as they too were illegitimate children. So what do you make of this? We welcome your SMS 3401 and of course you can send us an email uh, at middaylive.sabc.co.za or at uh, SAFM Midday Live or uh, you can tweet us at Kuala B News. Let's take a listen to what Mandla had to say during that press conference. In the past few days I have been the subject of attacks from all sorts of individuals wanting a few minutes of fame and media attention at my expense. In the first instance, I want to express the disappointment at the decision taken by the Mtata High Court yesterday. I remain convinced that the decision of the court was erroneous as the court granted a final order in my absence, so I was effectively denied the right to be heard. I will, however, not challenge this further because it will serve no purpose. I called, therefore, this press conference so that I could address a few matters that have been circulating in the media at this time. Having stood against my family in the case that was put forward by my grandfather's children, that of Anmagaziwe and Anzenani, supported by a number of grandchildren, and other members of the family, to try and remove George Bezos, as well as the Minister Tokyo Sehwale and Bali Choyne as trustees. Having stood against that, the family saw fit that, having clearly disappointed many of South Africans and the public from the stance they took. They looked to seeking revenge and targeting a soft target like myself. My aunt Magaziwe Pumla Mande is the fourth child of Unkosu Dalpunga, that being my grandfather Nelson Mande, from his first marriage to Umamkwati Evelyn Mase, and married Mr. Isaac Amoa, and they have a son called Kweku Amoa. She is in actual fact a Mrs. Amoa, and ought to be focusing on the Amoa family issues. As my aunt, her role within the Makati family, that being my father, is supposed to be that of a unifier and a reconciler as Umafungwashi. But so far, all she's had to do is sow divisions 
and destruction in that family. And of course, uh, that is uh, Chief uh, of Mveso Mandela Mandela. Mandela, uh, it's how it's pronounced as uh, we heard there. Uh, quite a lot of stuff still to come and uh, of course you'll appreciate that uh, it came through as we are about to go on air. So our producers are running helter-skelter to make sure that they cut uh, this, uh, this stuff for you so that we give you as much as we possibly can this hour right here on Midday Live. So we're going to pause for now with uh, that Mandela story. Uh, we'll bring it to you uh, a little later on uh, so that uh, at least uh, you get to understand and appreciate what is going on. This is the Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk now to our reporter, Nkulego Nyembezi, who's down in uh, Mtata in the Eastern Cape, uh, just to give us a sense uh, of uh, really how was uh, Mandela Mandela's uh, uh, press conference received, a whole lot of stuff uh, that came through. Uh, Nkulego, just uh, talk us through what you can, really. Well, it was really a shock, uh, as more especially to the media, because... Uh, Manda Mandela decided to, uh, to, to, to express his uh, disappointment about the court proceedings as well as about the decisions that uh, have been uh, taken by uh, Makaziwe and their family members, uh, accusing them of uh, being opportunistic on this issue. Because uh, if, uh, if uh, as he just mentioned to the case, he says that he, he says that uh, he is a victim of uh, this situation because he, he, he opposed them of uh, trying to remove Joseph Fuale as well as George Bezos uh, in the trust. So that is why now he's being a soft target and being attacked like this. And he continued also to say that uh, those people who are challenging him of his chieftaincy must remember that themselves, they are not part and parcel of the Mandela family in terms of legitimacy and all this stuff. He mentioned the Indaba Mandela as a, as, a, as a child from the world, from, from outside the wedlock. So it was just a, a, a very difficult situation for him as well as for the media and the people who surrounded him. Mm. Of course, he, he, his, uh, his press conference at the heart of it was highlighting the issue of legitimacy touring into Magaziwe and, and also really highlighting, I guess, stuff that, uh, I don't know, we shouldn't have known about. Oh, yes. Uh, I think he, he mentioned that uh, he has been a, a target and he has been uh, being attacked in every respect by the members of the family and, uh, and he has been silent and not responding to any form of questions from the media around the issue. But they then themselves decided to attack him as they say so that is why now he's deciding to come out and speak out about what is going on and uh because in the first in the first of the conf- of the of the press conference he just outlined how he was approached by uh, his grandfather uh former president Nelson Mandela uh, to become the, to become uh, the chief of the Mvazo and uh, how how she, how how he was uh, taken to to the school in Switzerland so that he can further his that is to develop the area of Mveso. That is why now he's saying that he has decided to come out because he has said that he has been attacked by the judiciary system of South Africa. Uh, when, when you look at all this, do you get a sense that uh, this uh, started uh, a, a while back when uh, perhaps Magaziwe came into the picture? Uh, do you get a sense that uh, there was peace and harmony before uh, maybe uh, uh, former President Nelson Mandela uh, became ill? Uh, do you get a sense that uh, now that, uh, you know, we, we, we know his situation in hospital, everyone is really s- s- scrapping and, and trying to make sure that uh, they, they have a voice beyond, uh, beyond uh, Mandela's days? Well, that is exactly what he said, because he said that... Uh, uh, it's uh, disappointing now that uh, uh, President Mandela, former President Mandela, is, uh, is, in, is in hospital, and now there are people from the family who came to be the members of the family who just come out and claim uh, they are to, to play part in the family. So that is why now he says they need, as a family of Mandela, to revisit and, re- and scrutinize each and every member of the family so that it, 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 might, it, may, it, it might be it may be known to the public who is actually a member of the family. He even suggested that he is prepared to go for a DNA test for those who are claiming that uh, he is born out of wedlock, claiming, uh, uh, in fact, accusing Daba Mandela of being uh, 
instigator of the whole thing. At the end of that, uh, at the end of the day, it will be uh, former President Nelson Mandela's wish that should prevail, and uh, it is his wish where he wants to be buried that should prevail, and and all that is uh, I would understand reduced down to to the will itself uh, that that needs to be written uh, when the uh, the day comes. Do we do we know right now of of that particular will? What does it say? Well, he didn't want to comment uh, about that because uh, he just kept on saying that uh, that will be a secret for the family and it is not for the public. So we tried to ask him to try to, to get uh, uh, the direct answer. Where is, it, where is he actually uh, preparing Nelson, former, president, former state president uh, Mandela, uh, going to be buried, but he refused to make any comment on that. Thank you very much uh, to our reporter, Gululego Nyembezi. Let's tell you that uh, also we'll be bringing you some more of uh, what uh, Chief of Mvezo Madla Mandela had to say during that uh, press conference right here on Midday Live. But for now, let's uh, talk to Janine Lee, our reporter, uh, who is also in the Eastern Cape. We know now that uh, police officers have arrived at a mortuary in Mtata in the Eastern Cape where forensic tests are currently being performed on the remains of three of former President Nelson Mandela's children. Janine, just talk us uh, through this. Maybe in the first place, why was it necessary for uh, uh, further forensic tests to be done on the on the remains of the three? Well, I think what the family want to do is just make a hundred percent sure that everything is correct. This has been such a long process, and I don't think they want any hiccups at this stage. So I think it's just a formality, but they want to go through it to make sure that everything is you know on the line and correct. Mm. And we did hear from the police that just after 9 o'clock um, that the forensic testing on the remains did start. Um, and this is being done at the Nelson Mandela Academic Hospital in Antarctica. And once that is completed, we heard it, it did conclude around about 12 o'clock. We haven't got final confirmation of that, but we expect that then the remains will be brought back to Kunu. I'm currently in Kunu as we speak. Um, so we're just waiting to see whether the, the remains do come back. I must just say the weather is absolutely terrible here in Transkai, making conditions extremely difficult. Not sure if the remains at this stage possibly will be able to be um, reburied, given the fact that the weather is so bad, it's raining heavily here. All right, before we come to the barrier itself, as you, you paint a, a gloomy uh, weather situation in, in, in the Eastern Cape in Mtata, I just want to go back to the need really to do the, the forensic tests with, with everything now that we're seeing with uh, uh, Chief Mandela Mandela saying all these things that he's saying, uh, questioning legitimacy of some of the family members and those who have taken him to court. Was there even a shadow of a doubt that uh, maybe somebody may have tampered with, uh, uh, with the remains such that they need to be 100% uh, sure that uh, they are reburying uh, the three, the original three? No, look, I, I don't think there's any evidence of that or any indication that that might have happened. If we do go back with the story, you will remember that they were removed from Kunu um, almost two years ago. And um, when that was done, strangely enough, there, were, there was no, um, nobody seemed to oppose this. So as, as Manda Mandela said, this was all done two years ago and then nobody raised an alarm or had any queries about it. So I don't think um, between now and then that there has been any indication perhaps that these are not the remains of the Mandela children. I don't think that seems to be in dispute at all. I think we can probably safely say that they are the remains, but the family just want to make sure that their they eyes are dotted and their teeth are crossed at this stage. All right, and the weather you say is uh, is uh, raining cats and dogs there. It doesn't seem like there will be a burial today at all. Look, I can't say that. I think that this, because this has been a whole speedy process, the application was deemed as urgent once they got the go-ahead yesterday. Um, people weren't sure if things would, would the exhumation would happen at Inverso, but it happened straight away. So although the weather is bad, um, you know, possibly it will go ahead. We are going to keep an eye on things this side, but there is no action in the family farm as we speak. Things are relatively quiet there. The only thing that's happening at the moment is that the former Premier 
of the Eastern Cape, Anosimo Badendlela. She has arrived at the rural home here in Kunu. She's brought a group of orphaned children from the Sutterham district. They've all made beautiful little posters for, for Tata Mandela, wishing him good health and wanting him to have a speedy recovery. And I just chatted to Nosimo Valenzuela and I, I asked her her reason for being here. And she said, I must remember that she is married to a man who belongs to the Madiba clan. So she's got close ties with the family and she just wanted to pop in and say hello and, and give her good wishes. We're also on high alert at the moment, given the fact, um, the things that Mandela Mandela said at his press conference at Inverza about the Mandela family, the accusations that he made, we are also on standby just to see if perhaps um, the, the family members might see we might call okay. an urgent press conference just to, to respond to the allegations that have been made at Inverza. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll keep a watchful eye on that. Thank you very much, our reporter in the Eastern Cape, Janine Lee, at 22 and a half minutes past 12. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Our top story this hour, former President Nelson Mandela's grandson, Mandela Mandela, says he has the right to determine where his father is buried. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at $1,250.40 an ounce. Platinum at $1,344 an ounce. The rand is trading at 10 rand 10 cents against the U.S. dollar at 15 rand 30 to the pound and 13 rand 10 cents to the euro. Do you want to learn how to pitch your business idea effectively? Do you want to take your existing business to the next level? Engine Pitch and Polish in association with SAFM is setting the stage for entrepreneurs. If you believe in your business idea and would like some guidance, then we want you to attend our inspiring workshop where you will receive expert training and tips. This free workshop is coming to a town near you. For more info, SMS P-I-T-C-H, your name and city to 45982. Register online at pitchandpolish.com or phone 011-566-2000. SMS costs 150. T's and C's apply. The Institute of Municipal Finance Officers is inviting all people responsible for finance and governance in local government to attend the annual conference on the 30th September up until the 2nd October 2013 at the Durban ICC. This year's theme is Sustainable and Compliant Governance with a focus on how municipalities can improve on corporate governance, compliance and delivery of services. For more information, go to imfo.co.za and take the next step and join the leaders of municipal finance excellence. Remember, the annual conference on 30th September at the Durban ICC. This advert is brought to you by the platinum sponsors Standard Bank and PwC. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. 25 minutes past 12 right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. This is Midday Live. I'll be reading your SMSs, a whole lot of SMSs coming through on 34701. Just a quick one here. Chief Mandela Mandela is correct. The Isikosa culture has been sacrificed by the court and politics around Kholislasa Mandela. That's Fanongobo in Cape Town. So I'll be reading a lot of SMSs right here on 34701. That's the number that we expect your SMSs to come through at. A group of uh, people, including expelled councillors of the ANC in Tlokwe City Council, have burned uh, ANC t-shirts outside the library in the city. Some of uh, the expelled ANC councillors in Tlokwe City Council in Pochefs Rom in the northwest say they still regard themselves as members of the ANC. The councillors say they have been elected by the community and will only vacate their positions once the community has been informed properly about the decision taken by the ANC. You remember that uh, the 14 councillors uh, were, ex- were exed from the Tlokwe municipality after unseating their mayor, which is the ANC mayor, Mapetle Mapetle, uh, and uh, they held a, a media briefing. Let's talk now to our reporter, Sisi Schalo. Good afternoon to you, Sisi. Good afternoon, Bozi. Uh, there's uh, also a lot of action happening uh, in uh, in the northwest uh, in Pochefstrom Tlokwe municipality. The DA also moving to force Mapetle Mapetle to vacate his position after he was uh, uh, really given a, a vote of no confidence by, among others, his own party, his own councillors, the ANC. But also we hear now of uh, a group of people, including the 14 councillors, uh, maybe not all of them, burning ANC T-shirts. What can you tell us? Uh, what I can tell you is that, uh, uh, indeed it is correct. ANC teachers have been banned. 
outside a library here in Portugal. Uh The people that banned the TCF are saying they are ANC members that are supporting um, the, the, the councillors that have been expelled. So I, as I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm just standing next to the fire where the teachers were banned and the membership cut. But what the members of the of the ANC have said is that it doesn't mean banning the ANC teachers does not mean that they are leaving the ANC. They are saying no one is going to force them to leave the ANC. They just want the attention of the ANC to say, that they are in support of the councillors that have been expelled. Earlier in the before they banned uh, the there was a media briefing, uh, which was addressed by among others by Sanko. Uh, Sanko has said that they are in sub, also in support of the expelled um, councillors, and the councillors themselves they are saying that they do not regard the expulsion from the ANC as legitimate. They are saying that um, so so far. Nothing formal has been communicated to them. They're saying that they received the, the SMSs. Some of them received SMSs from the chairperson of the Provincial um, Disciplinary Committee, Mike Kawe. Some of them say they had about their expulsion on the news, but they have so far they haven't received any formal communication from the Disciplinary Committee of the ANC today that they have been expelled, um, they've been expelled from the ANC. And uh, how is the situation like right now? Because we know that it's not just only the the fourteenth who fourteenth rather rather who were expelled who participated in the burning of the t-shirts, uh, but uh, also a group of people. We also hear them now saying that uh, they they want to inform uh, the, the the community first about uh, the, the move by the NC to to ask them uh, before they they leave their seats. So surely it's a it's a very tense situation right now. Um, as, as I'm talking to you, the situation is still tense but calm. Um, the, the, the group of people that gathered here outside the library have dispersed. There's just a few here and there, but they have dispersed. But I can confirm to you that I'm sitting, I'm still standing next to the fire where it was the, the, the t-shirts and the, and the membership cards were bent. They, in the, in the media briefing that they, the councillors held in the morning together with Sanko, they came in with the t-shirts. Um, and they are saying that yes, they don't regard the uh, expulsion from the ANC as legitimate because some of them are what, uh, what councillors and they have been elected by the community. So in, 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 in terms of them being expelled from the ANC, the ANC needs to go back to the community and tell the community that we are expelling these people from the ANC. They are saying they are disappointed, the councillors, that they are now expelled from the ANC because some of them have served the ANC for a very long time and they have worked for the ANC during the last election. So they are just surprised that they are being expelled from the party. Thank you very much. Our reporter, Sister Sikhailo, there must also remind you that uh, the public protector, Tulima Donzela, says she will investigate corruption allegations against uh, the former mayor there, if we may call him that, Mapetle Mapetle uh, of Tlokwe Municipality. You remember that he was uh, uh, given a vote of no confidence by uh, 14, uh, make it 16 ANC councillors. The two ANC councillors decided to go back to the ANC and say we are sorry, uh, so they were given a reprieve there, but the 14 uh, were uh, indeed uh, axed uh, yesterday in a press conference by the Provincial Disciplinary Committee of the NC in the Northwest. It's at 12.30 now and it's time for the news headlines. Thank you very much. And of course, uh, Home Affairs uh, says it would uh, issue the tender for printing infrastructure for the Smart Card ID project uh, that was back in November. And we know that uh, earlier this morning, the Minister of Home Affairs, Naledi Pando, outlined the Smart ID Card rollout plan uh, in a press conference. So we hope to be talking to her about that particular issue and also go to uh, Fortsburg, where residents there uh, are saying that uh, they rather accusing the Johannesburg Housing Company of lying. So we will get a sense of why they're saying that. Let's read uh, some of your SMSs coming through on 34701. This man has let his uh, name go to his uh, head. He is living in the past and has no right to express these views in the 21st century, uh, says uh, S. Jubert there. Mandela Mandela is right. Makaziwe and her faction should not have done this uh, public stunt. It was unfair to the deceased members who have uh, to be uh, dug and froze. That's at uh, Sipiwe in uh, KwaZulu-Natal, or Spiwo in KwaZulu-Natal. 
And this one says, surely President Mandela has uh, a last will and a testimony, which is uh, the legal full stop uh, behind where he is buried and who inherits what. It's unsigned, that one. And this one says, uh, the chief is right. They are married and should be called by their husband's names. They are not Mandela's. It's all about money by illegitimate children. Shame. It's also unsigned, this one. And uh, I'll be reading more of uh, your SMSs right here on SAFM, South Africa's news in, and information leader. In fact, let's go tweets now and uh, see what is going on there. Sbusiso Shang is saying that uh, the elders must intervene to break the impasse in the Mandela siblings. They are embarrassing the surname and uh, Madiba himself. And uh, Lungi Lembangwa at Lungi Lembangwa says uh, the royal houses of uh, Eastern Cape must intervene now. This is no longer a family issue. It's an indictment uh, to our culture, says uh, uh, Lungi Lembangwa at Lungi Lembangwa there. It's uh, 27 minutes uh, to one on uh, Midday Live, SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, we're joined now on the line by, uh, no, the minister is not on the line right now. Uh, we want to talk to that uh, particular story. In fact, she is uh, on the line, uh, Minister Naledi Pando. Good afternoon to you, uh, Minister. No, Minister Naledi Pando is not on the line. Hello, Minister. Hi, uh, good afternoon. I am on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, uh, Minister, uh, Minister of Home Affairs. Indeed, uh, today you outlined the Smart ID card rollout, and uh, we must say congratulations to you. Really, we almost there. But uh, what did you say this morning? Well, we, we are almost there, and good afternoon to your listeners as well. Uh, but it's going to be a long haul, and I, I made that clear, that this is a, a, an undertaking of quite a number of years. We think uh, we'll be able to cover the entire nation uh, in about six to seven years. So it's a big, big undertaking. But uh, our officers, uh, some of the, the ones that will be part of the 27, I announced in April, uh, three will be ready next week. And on the 18th of July, in uh, 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 honor of uh, our founding president, President Mandela, we will issue uh, uh, the new smart card to leading uh, personalities in our country. Uh, Minister, what, what, what is different with the, with the new uh, uh, smart card right now uh, in terms of uh, safety features? Because it hasn't been very difficult to, to forge our, uh, our uh, ID book. Uh, will will the, the new smart card now have uh, serious uh, safety features? Well, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> the security features are an important part of the smart card. But let me say... Uh, You'll no longer uh, have this book that you drop in water or forget in your pocket before you place uh, uh, your clothes in the washing machine, and then you have a bedraggled uh, book, which is your ID book. You're now going to have a very smart card with high-level security features. Uh, it will not be uh, uh, able to be uh, fraudulently uh, changed, which is the current uh, problem we have with the ID book. Your photograph will be uh, laser engraved, so your physical image. And of course, uh, within the uh, chip that will be uh, enclosed uh, in the card, we'll have your personal biometric uh, features and other details. So it will have physical features as well as features integral to the card. And of course, the card can't be tampered with. If you attempt to do so, you destroy it entirely. So uh, it's a pretty hardy card. And of course, we're introducing new technology. That's what's so exciting. So when your uh, identity is checked, for example, you present your card in a retail store, uh, they will have a machine for both scanning the card as well as your fingerprint would have to be part of that process of verifying your identity. So indeed, uh, uh, a lot of uh, security features there. Mm. But uh, uh, Minister, I must congratulate you also on, uh, on the passport side of uh, home affairs. I know that it takes a week now to get a passport, but how long will it take now to get uh, this ID? I know that uh, it, there was a problem before, you know, but also there's a problem with people not coming back to claim their, <coughs> their, their IDs. Yes, we do have many unclaimed ID books. Um, we were discussing this this morning. My officials assure me 
that we're talking of seven to at maximum ten days for issue rather than the 47 days we have currently with respect to the ID book. We would like as uh, we become more experienced and develop our processes further that we actually are able to issue uh, within a day or two. And when can we expect this to start, the rollout? I know it's a a long process, but uh, any idea? We'll issue the first cars on the 18th of uh, July, as I have stated. We'll have three offices operational uh, from that date, uh, two in Gauteng, one in the Western Cape. And then from uh, August, we'll have three offices per province. So 27 will be up and running and ready to receive our clients. The uh, uh, 16-year-olds who apply for the first, uh, their first ID will be the first recipients. We're also going to target senior citizens as our first clients to receive the Smart ID card. Let's shift our focus now and talk about uh, passports, uh, the talks between uh, uh, Britain and, and South Africa. Uh, um, how far are those talks? Are you reopening them? How easy or difficult is it going to be for South Africans to enter uh, the UK? And uh, how easy or difficult is it for the UK uh, uh, citizens to enter South Africa? Are there any talks underway in any way? Yes, certainly. Uh, We continue to have discussions. And uh, I must say, uh, and I'm sure the public who travel to Britain know this, that uh, thus far, uh, almost all the applicants uh, from South Africa for visas have been granted uh, visas by the UK. So that means uh, our documents have a level of security that they're comfortable with. We have agreed uh, with my counterpart in the UK that South Africa will receive a team uh, that will be coming through just to get to know our processes and what we have done with respect to improving uh, uh, on the areas of concern they had uh, indicated a few years ago. That team will be here from uh, uh, late July. Following that, we are hoping Uh, that we will have a a new uh, perspective from the UK. We've also indicated to them we're considering uh, uh, the introduction of a visa requirement for uh, diplomatic and official passport holders as they have this requirement for us. However, if the uh, visit goes well and our discussions continue in the current positive vein, we're hopeful that uh, actually we'll see a change that doesn't require us to put this uh, policy in place. Minister Naledi Pando, thank you very much uh, for really uh, the good work that is being done by the department. I also like the security features there uh, in uh, the passport. Very nice. It's clean. My picture looks nicer than the older one. It's a uh, 20 to 1 right here on Midday Live. Let's go to Egypt now where Egypt's constitutional court judge Edli Mansou has been sworn in as interim president. It's the first step in the army's roadmap towards a new constitution following the ousting of democratically elected president Mohamed Morsi. Millions celebrated his downfall on the streets of Cairo and earlier uh, the constitutional court judge Edli Mansour uh, accepted uh, this and of course uh, he was speaking through an interpreter. While it is witnessing today the swearing in ceremony of the oath of the interim president of the country during the transitional period, the coming period, it is also, the court is also grateful and thankful to the Egyptian people, to the great Egyptian people that has entrusted it with its confidence and a trust in its chairman and its judges. And the people has chosen that the chairman of the Constitutional Court would be the interim president during this transitional period. On behalf of the people, on behalf of the Egyptian people, and in its heart, the youth of this revolution that has been at the forefront the revolutionary front and march to recover the, the revolution of the 25th of January of the 20th that started in 2011 and it's recovered it in 2013. We feel gratitude and thanks to these people 
that has entrusted the head of the court with this confidence and charge and in doing so it shoulders the responsibility to the judges and alleviates the suffering of the judges and returns their rights to them. And uh, that's uh, the newly sworn in uh, interim leader in Egypt, Adli Mansour. Let's uh, talk now to Ibrahim Din, who is a, a researcher at Afro Middle East Center. Good afternoon to you, Ibrahim. Good afternoon, Ike, and thanks for having me. Uh, what, what, what should we make of, of this, what is happening in Egypt right now? Uh, does this mean that uh, democracy has lost its meaning there in that particular country? It is a big blow to democracy. Um, I mean, we need to know that this, this, this is not necessarily a revolution. It, it is, uh, in all, for all intents and purposes, a military coup. Uh, this constitution has been suspended. Yes, Ali Mansour um, is, heading the, is going to be the president and heading the country to an interim administration. However, his power will be severely constant, uh, constrained by the military. And, and, and it also needs to be noted that he was a former Mubarak-era remnant. Mm. Uh, but also he is the constitutional court judge, and uh, you heard that he's saying that uh, dignity has been restored to, uh, to the judges. And uh, what, what does this mean now? Does it mean that uh, the, the, the constitution then, the constitutional court judges and judiciary is aligned to the army? Mm. Mubarak, during the Mubarak regime, uh, his control was, uh, was, was, was extended and uh, enabled through two institutions, the military and the judiciary. Um, ever since Morsi has, uh, was uh, elected president uh, last year, around exactly the same time, Morsi has moved to attempt to, uh, to, to, democ- to democratize the judiciary and remove Mubarak-era remnants. And this has uh, led to huge opposition within the judiciary, and uh, thus um, Adli Mansour's comments allude to the fact that the Mubarak-era judiciary or, or part of the uh, judiciary that were pro-Mubarak in, during the Mubarak era are now um, in control of the country again. Mr. Dean, do you get a sense that uh, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, will, will, will turn around and say, well, maybe we were soft in our stance during uh, uh, the time of uh, Mr. Morsi. Maybe now we need to act, and then we should expect a, a terrible backlash. Um, it, that, that is possible. Not, not necessarily a violent backlash, though. I mean, many have argued that, that the Muslim Brotherhood has compromised too much. They have... Uh, um, um, maintained and, and, and allowed some of the military's demands to be a corporate structure. The defense minister is, is uh, you know, the head of the mil- was made the head of the military. Um, however, this has not worked, and thus the Brotherhood may think uh, compromise uh, from a political perspective may, may not be so, uh, so good in future. However, it's, it's uh, very unlikely that this would turn into a civil war type situation, as the Muslim Brotherhood is uh, an organization which has renounced violence since 1982, and, uh, and, and ever since then it has endured the wrath of the, of the then Mubarak regime, whilst uh, continuing to renounce violence and denounce violence. And as we close, Mr. Dean, but uh, the Muslim Brotherhood will turn around and say, but we are not given enough time. I mean, one year to turn around the situation of, of years of uh, really uh, uh, rolling uh, problems, you know, and fuel, lack of fuel, uh, investments, foreign direct investment not coming into the country, and we only given a year. Surely they have a point in, in getting angry, don't you think? That's very justifiable. They do have a point. You cannot, I mean, we, we just got to look in South Africa. It's 18 years, 19 years, almost 20 years after democracy, and we still have service delivery issues. We're still having problem attracting foreign direct investment. One year is much too little time uh, for real policies to be enacted and policies to actually bear fruit. All right, we thank you very much, Ibrahim Din. He is a researcher at Afro Middle East Center. And with that, we give you your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Sudhir Singh is with Sasfin Securities. Good afternoon. How are the markets looking today, Sudhir? Well, Bongi, with the U.S. markets being closed by Independence Day, it's likely to be a very slow day in terms of volumes. However, markets are mostly higher this morning on the back of upbeat data out of the U.S. last night. 
European stocks have rebounded this morning ahead of policy decisions from the ECB and BOE. Both banks are expected to maintain their policy stance. Over on Wall Street, uh, stocks rose last night on the back of positive uh, jobs data, which overshadowed concerns out of Egypt. On the local front, the JSC is trading stronger this morning in the absence of any real market-moving data, with the RAND hedge counters uh, being the most active shares on the back of uh, RAND weakness. Taking a look at the local indices, we've got the gold index, which is down 1%. Resource 10 index is up 0,9%. Industrial 25 index is up 1,4%. The financial index is up 1,2%. And overall, the market is up around 437 points, or 1,1%, to 39,780. And your stocks on the move? On the upside, we have Richmond, which is up almost 3% at 89 rands and 80 cents. SAB Miller is up 1.5% at 486 rands and 70 cents. MTN is up just over 1% at 181 rands and 70 cents. Vodacom is up 0.8% at 105 rands and 80 cents. And on the downside, we have Anglo Gold, which is down almost 2% at 136 rands and 40 cents. Aspen is down almost a percent to 228 rands and 30 cents. Life Healthcare is down 0.2% at 36 rands and 20 cents. And lastly, we have Woolworths, which is down 0.1% at 67 rands and 70 cents. And uh, your latest market indicators? Currently, we have gold, which is trading at $1,250.40 an ounce. Platinum is at $1,344 an ounce. Brent crude is at $105.20 per barrel. And finally, we have the rand, which is trading at 10 rand 10 cents to the dollar, 15 rand 30 cents to the pound, and 13 rand 10 cents to the euro. That's it from me, Bongi. And we thank you very much, Sudhir Singh of Sasfin Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please call and cancel my exercise therapy session with a calisthenics posture gait and lower lumbar vertebra specialist. The chiropractor, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Midday Live on SAFM, 104-107. We go back to the grandson of former President Nelson Mandela, Manza Mandela, expressing this uh, deep disappointment for being taken to court. Uh, this, of course, in reaction to the Madiba family court case in the Eastern Cape High Court in Mtata, which ruled in favor of uh, the 16 Mandela family members dismissing Mandela Mandela's counter-application regarding the remains of her family members buried in Mvezo. And we heard Mandela then uh, dishing out some harsh words for his aunt, Magazio Mandela. Here he held a press conference uh, this morning. Uh, another clip of what uh, came out of that uh, particular press conference. Most of the remaining individuals in the list of the applicants on this matter has no business to be discussing Mandela matters according to our tradition and customs. At the moment, it seems like anyone and everyone can come and say, I am a Mandela, and demand to be part of a decision-making in this family. Individuals have abandoned their own families and heritage and decided to jump on the Mandela wagon. The issue at hand that has fascinated the world is not only of interest because it is about the remains of my grandfather's children, but it is curious because of the timing when it was made an issue. We repartitated these remains in 2011 after following all the customary rituals and protocols. For the past two years, the people on this list have never raised concerns about the repatriation of these remains. In fact, I am surprised that today they want to make an issue of these matters. I am struggling to date why the matter has become so urgent now when it has never been urgent in the past two years, particularly because 
My grandfather is in a critical state in hospital. Nevertheless, I indicated to the family that the rightful claimant, i.e. the children of the deceased, do have a right to repatriate the remains if now they are against them being here in Mverso. The issue of the court came as a surprise to me since the rightful claimants were aware of my position the issue was different in as far as my own father Makhatu was concerned because I hold the right to determine where he is buried. I am the chief of Mverso as a traditional leader and the head of the Royal House of Mandel. My first responsibility should be that of service to our people. There are individuals today who opportunistically make claims as to my legitimacy. These individuals wait for all these years to start having these questions. If I was not the rightful heir, I am sure these individuals would not have hesitated to oppose this greater family who assigned me the responsibility to lead the royal house of Mandel. But I can say that to somewhat when I can recall back then, my grandfather did prophesize about these days because randomly when we used to have lunch or dinner he would ask across the table which one of you wants to go and live in the rural areas and starting from my brother Ndaba, Mboso, Andile they will all object, no granted we don't want to live in the rural area and he would laugh and smile and look at me with that sinistical sense of humor of his. I always used to wonder what he was trying to provoke. And often he would come back and say, is there anyone who opposes that your older brother should be the chief of Mverso? And none of them, while he was fit and strong, were ready to challenge his decisions because of having had many years and decades molding me to be the person I am today. I am tired of people who want to use me for popularity and short-term gains. And I hope that as we conclude today's session, we can put this to bed. The facts are there. You may go and find out, you may go and do the necessary tests that are needed in terms of DNA tests. I will always be there watching, observing, and the real characters that face you will one day reveal their true agenda. I thank you. There you have it. Nkosi Mandla Mandela or Chief Mandla Mandela of Mveso holding a press conference earlier in the day today. We ask you to comment on this and I have plenty of SMSs. I'll try and read as many as I possibly can at this hour. We have about uh, two and a half minutes to do that. The Mandelas are a vulnerable family and Mandla Mandela should have done the right thing by raising the issue with uh, senior members of his family first. That's Ian Matikoto there. And this one from Brian Kumalo says, typical behavior of families in South Africa, especially uh, black families, it shows that Mandelas are not immune from such ants. Interference. I'm not shocked, says Brian there. And this one from Stima in Kwazulu Natal says Mandela issue uh, are for rather issues are of public interest. They fight in courts in public. They hang their soiled underwears for public to admire. Sis, even the hypocrites, uh, or rather hypocrite chief of uh, Abatembo cannot stop them now. How things fall apart. And this one on IDs, it says ID smart card. How, when, where, how much? That's Erisa there. I hope the minister answered some 
of your questions here. And uh, on the Mandela issue, it is a curse for uh, the happenings in the Mandela family. Mandela, take, uh, take it like a man. Uh, all will pass, says Mike uh, Ramotwala from uh, Bolebedu. And uh, Mr. Kuala, okay, this one says, it seems President Mandela did not object to this two years ago. Manda is uh, being wronged here. It's unsigned. From Matthew in Tembisa, the issues are the mandatory remnants of Nelson Mandela. Sadly, the, Mandela's, the Mandela drama is unfolding on the public stage. And this one says that Mandela Mandela is sick and opportunistic. How can he say things like these in the media? Solve the problems in the family. What kind of uh, chief is this one, says Zola in a table view. Magaziwe seems to wield more power unnecessarily, says Nohakobe Khamatlala. And uh, this one comes from Bill. It says, your two stories this half hour uh, tell you a lot about where we as a country are. A mess. And uh, it comes uh, from uh, Nana. This one, it says, those Mandela family uh, are correct. Mandela thinks that uh, for being uh, the chief, he can do as he wishes. He failed to keep his marriage. He sold the rights to the SABC for Mandela burial. Actually, they must remove him as uh, the chief of Mveso. And uh, this one says, uh, as was the case before, talking about Tlokwe NC developments there, NC t-shirts were burnt. Let those affected join the other parties, says uh, Norman Dima there. And uh, asking about the ID cards, how much does it cost, Bob Moodley? How much uh, will the card cost? Another one uh, which is not signed. And this one, I'm shocked how power can corrupt one chief Mandela Mandela has disappointed me. We don't know how... Uh, General Olomisa advised him, uh, but he looks stubborn. That's a stay in uh, KwaZulu Natal. And of course, I can't read uh, your tweets uh, about this particular story. We've got to end it right here. But thank you very much for all the SMSs. Thank you very much for listening. And thanks indeed, importantly, to the team who put it all together. Mandi Samtailus, Tarazel Ramin, and Mabubuluka today. And the technical producer, we have uh, one young smiling man, Togozo Kuzuayo. And the senior producer is a uh, Normalizo Mandela and uh, of course uh, executive producers Busichane and uh, Obrisichi. My name is Bonge Kuala. We'll be back to do your Friday edition of uh, Midday Live on 104 to 107. Nancy Richards is up next between 1 and 2 with Otherwise and of course don't forget uh, to tune in between 4 and 6 uh, to PM Live courtesy of Dash and Moodley and many other programs and shows coming through on SFM 104 to 107. Till then, bye bye.